0: Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silawan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome, my friends. It is the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Silawan here. How have you been? you might have noticed, I've been busy. I've been traveling. It's been a time to be on the road, to reflect. I think more than anything, as I go around the country, different states, different cities within states, rural areas, man, the times are changing. And it still kind of seems like nobody's sure what's going to be next and what the message is going to be. Being a huge fan of his, I can't help but think to myself, who is going to be our Bob Dylan? Who's going to be that person that enters pop culture and kind of begins to help explain what's going on around us, or at least share the same feelings that we have about what's going on around us? Now, I'm no great musician. I'm no Bob Dylan. But as I travel, I definitely have some thoughts and I have some stories. And today, since it's been a while, I'm gonna share a few stories for you. Recently, I was outside Seattle at the Tulalip Casino, speaking to a group of fire commissioners from around the state of Washington, and it was pretty good schedule for me. I got to speak in the morning for a few hours, and then I had the afternoon free, and that was a schedule for a couple of days. So I had plenty of time to kinda of get away from the hotel, get away from the coast, the hustle and the bustle, and head off into the mountains. So one day, I took a road trip into the Cascades. Awesome sign as you're kind of leaving the coast and heading into the mountains and you're in this valley and it's all green and farms and these huge mountains just rising up from the valley floor. And a big sign says, welcome to the North Cascades, the Alps of America. And man, it sure seemed that way. It was an amazing drive along Highway 20 nothing but green valleys and soaring mountains and lakes in the middle of nowhere. There was even this one town that was built by a Seattle light and it was like this planned community that looked like something out of the fifties. So like you're in the middle of nowhere, you're, you're you know a couple hours from anything big and right next to the road is like this little town and all these neat little row houses and neat little trees and little playgrounds. And I mean, it was like I was out of a postcard from the 50s and people live there today. Plenty of time to think and you know, there you are in the middle of nowhere, pure freedom, pure freedom. Saw eagle flying overhead. And just a few hours away in Seattle, it's like ground zero for the battle of what will our country become? How much control will we let the government have? How much of our lives will we give over to somebody else? And then just An hour or two away, pure freedom. Now, on the way back, stopped in a little town called Rockport, Washington. 109 people. Now, although it only had 109 people, a lot of them living in trailers, it was home to the Bald Eagle Interpretive Center. And I was looking for a place to get something to eat, grab a drink, and saw a sign for the Rockport Bar and Grill. So I said, there you go. Can't be bad least I hope not so I stopped and it was like your proverbial hole in the wall full of warmth girls behind the bar had been working there for years you could tell as I grabbed something to drink I looked at the menu and today's special it said was clam chowder got any of that clam chowder ready she said oh it won't be ready to five so I was about an hour away so I have to just sit there and wait and I did Some of the locals came in, traveler came in. I learned some interesting things about that part of the country. As uh, one of the ladies at the bar said, we got a lot of serial murderers to live around here. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, yeah, haven't you heard? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, yeah, serial killers love it out here because it's close to Seattle, but you get in the middle of nowhere and, you know, they go up into Canada and kill people and then they come back and they live down here and nobody really knows who's living in the mountains around here. Of course, I immediately started looking about around the bar at some of the surly characters in the place, wondering to myself, is that a serial murderer? And some of them look like it. Well, then there was a gentleman sitting next to me, and you could tell he was a regular, but you could also tell the guy was educated, kind of had some money, started talking to him. Turned out he had worked at, for Boeing down in Seattle for years. Then after that, he got into like heavy transportation, as he put it. I said, what's heavy transportation? He said, we're the guys that transport like windmills and caterpillar tractors. Oh, well, how long did you do that for? And we started talking. It turns out that even though he had worked in Seattle and really around the world his whole life, he had a home there in the mountains near Rockport where I was. And turned out there was a lot of really nice homes nestled in those mountains. Took a little drive afterwards, thanks to some directions from the people in the pub. And man amazing homes i mean we're talking like twenty thousand square foot side of a mountain security gated probably some dude in a black suit and a microphone running around with a gun kind of homes you know protecting the place and this guy had one of those homes and it's interesting as we talked he told me about a friend of his and he goes man there's a lot of interesting ways to make money like my buddy i'm like well how do you make his money and this guy had invented the little stoppers that go in starbucks cups so like And the way he put it to me is that guy got like five cents or something or a penny or whatever it was for every single stopper. So every time you go to Starbucks and they say to you, you want that little stopper? Remember, when you do, you're giving some dude like two cents or a penny or whatever it is. And he talked about the guy sitting at the bar, you know, what he liked about the area and getting away and being in the mountains and his career and heavy transportation and blah, 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 blah. Well, as he did that, there was a young man over shooting pool with this guy's wife and you know his wife is his age in mid late 60s and this kid kind of looked young and he was an interesting character because on the one hand he was talking about all these big houses that he built and things that he did on the coast on the other hand the guy kind of looked down on his luck and he was missing like two front teeth and like another third tooth was like half rotted and you're just kind of like man who is this guy so I sit there a little bit longer. Time goes by. Finally, my clam chowder is ready. Man, it was good. Right off the stove, homemade, piping hot. A little pepper on top. Could not have been better. And as I'm finishing off that clam chowder, the young man who'd been talking to the dude's wife comes and sits down next to me. Noticed I was a stranger. Started talking. Told me how he was a custom home builder. Specialized in $3 million and up homes. Again, he's missing two front teeth and... Third one that was rotted. But I wanted to give the gentleman the benefit of the doubt. I ask like asking questions. So I began, well, show me some of your homes. And sure enough, the guy showed me some pretty cool homes on his phone that were the kind of photos you only would have taken if you were there working on those homes and building them. So of course, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, are you the guy that builds them? Or are you the dude that puts up the drywall? <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Either way interesting kid talked about how his tax bracket was getting too high and he was turning away business because he didn't want to give the government any more of his money and this and that but man he he had some cool pictures of some homes on the coast of Washington that were pretty amazing and one that he said was built for a Microsoft executive and from the looks of it it probably was I mean everything in the house was customized I mean all the wood was from like old barns it had a room with, like, stained glass interior windows. It had a whole side of the house that was nothing but glass and opened up into the um towards the ocean. It was just it was unbelievable. So we sat and talked for a while, and, you know, at one point, you know, just to kind of see how legit he was, I'm like, well, you got a business card, man? You, know, you never know. I might build a house out here on the coast. And Oh, man, I don't have one with me. But I tell you what, he just kind of, like, rambled on, and I don't even think we got to how I could contact the guy that builds $3 million houses missing two teeth and one rotted. But either way, it was quite a time at the Rockport Barn Grill. And as I left, it was closed, but I drove by the Bald Eagle Interpretive Center of Rockport, population 109. Saw an eagle up in a tree, saw one flying over. There I was, middle of nowhere, town of 109, and it was an amazing day. And I left there thinking to myself, Life's pretty good. Life is pretty good. It's easy to get caught up in all the negative. You know, you, you go to a place like that and you watch the news and you see all the bad stuff going on in the world, and man, you can find it. I mean, there was one place just outside of downtown Seattle. It was like out of a Mad Max movie. I'd been there speaking to some police officers at another training, and I said, I want to go see really what's happening here in Seattle, and they kind of gave me some directions. And I went down parts of the city that were just boarded up and people living in the streets, and then I turned off the street, and I'd been there before in previous visits, and it wasn't far from you know, million-dollar condominiums and expensive restaurants, and it was just like a street. And as I turned onto the street, one after the another, Park basically, you know, halfway in the curb and halfway in the street was a row of RVs, probably 20 of them. None of them, you know, newer than, you know, the 1990s. They were all like 30, 40 year old RVs. And as I kind of slowly drove down, every one of them had expired plates. Every, most of them were like had flat tires. They were just sitting there and you could tell people were living in them. And it was kind of a cold day. You know, when you're there, near the water, and it's cold, and it's kind of misty, and it's rain. I mean, it, you know, as, as Mark Twain said once, the, the, the coldest winter he ever had was summer in San Francisco, because you get like that, that, that when you think it's going to be warm, and it's cold and wet, it just ugh, it gets to your bones, and so there were, it was like that that day in Seattle, and so there were people that obviously lived in these RVs, and they were on the other side of them, and they had like these 55-gallon drums with fires in them, and they're just standing there, there's like open flames in the sidewalks of Seattle, Next to RVs and cars that are broken down one after another. I mean, just in this one section, at least 20. And then I started looking around and they were everywhere. There's probably hundreds of these RVs that I saw just all over the city driving around. You see, you see that and you you see the reality of it. It's easy to get caught up in it and awful eyes and think, oh my goodness, what is this doing to my life? But then you drive away and you get to a place like the Rockport Bar and Grill and you realize it doesn't have to impact my life. Now it might eventually, it might be inescapable, but right now in this moment, I don't have to get caught up in this negativity. I don't have to get caught up in the bad things. I can have an amazing bowl of clam chowder. I can meet some interesting people, even if they're a little crazy. I can drive into the mountains and see some amazing homes. I can go sit by a lake and think about life. And be reminded how important my family is and all the people I love. And I can do that, not just in the Cascades of Washington, but I can do it at home. I can do it at home just sitting in the room with my wife and having a conversation with no technology, no phone, no radio, no TV. Just sitting, you know, her on the edge of the bed, me in the chair in her room, the kids playing and just talking, holding my kids in, their, in my arms going for a walk in the woods, shooting some baskets with the kids. You know, you, you can find moments like that right now. They used to happen kind of easily. That was life. You know, life was a neighborhood and kids playing outside and family gatherings. It's not as easy to find it now, but if you're intentional, you can find it wherever you are. And you got to remind yourself how important it is to make that happen that your journey might not be into the cascades, but today, right now, man, you can take a journey to a park, to an old friend, to church, turning out the lights and just listening to yourself breathe. And as you do it, ask God to reveal himself. And then in that moment, a little bit of magic, a little bit of a reminder that the, that the, the, the worst part of all the bad stuff in the world is when it distracts us, is the most insidious thing in the divisions and the fighting and the squabbling and the politics of our of our country today is it takes us away and it takes our sight off of the things right in front of us that as a human being we can experience right now with nobody's permission and with no money no matter where you live and no matter where the weather is no matter whether you live around mountains or cornfields or whatever it may be I took a journey into the Cascades but it is a journey that I can take every day and I say all of that because you know the last really month traveling Doing some stuff here at home that's kind of preoccupied me. Looking back on the last year and a half of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Seeing, you know, the impact it has on people and the messages I get. Yet also realizing, you know, I need to do this in a way that's fulfilling to me. And I can sustain it. And it's long term. And I realize, you know what? It's just going to be about the journey. You know what you're going to hear the next time? You tune in the Pilgrim's Odyssey, you're going to hear more stories. You're going to hear more from the road You're going to hear more about the people that I met and what I learned from them. And I might sprinkle in every once in a while some thoughts on religion, some thoughts on mental health, some thoughts on politics, you name it. But the primary focus is going to be on the journey I'm on and the journey I want you to be on, that every day we have a choice to take. Whatever our circumstance, whatever our age, whatever our health, right now you can go into the Cascades, just like I did. So until next time, my friends, aim high, go on a journey, make life an odyssey. We are pilgrims in this world until we're not in this world anymore. So while you're here, spread your wings, just like the eagles at the Bald Eagle Interpretive Center of Rockport, Washington, and keep your eyes on the things that matter, like good conversation with crazy people and not so crazy people homemade clam chowder right off the stove steaming hot a little fresh crushed pepper on top football game on the tv and some kind folk making your day a little bit easier and so until next time my friends i'm your host Siloan, and may you as always find peace you've been listening to the pilgrim's odyssey